Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. My topic for today is why you are already global. Why you are already global. Sometimes when you hear a theme like going global, you tell yourself, listen, me, I won't participate. I, would, I don't just want to go global. I want to stay in my small village. I want to stay in my small locality and not get involved. My message is to assure you that you already are global and therefore have no option of participating or boycotting. Now, I'm going to be showing you some few thoughts, a number of them distilled from the book we just launched, Sheba, Ancient Customer Service Secrets, repackaged in a social media-driven world or driven era. And I'm going to seek out of all that to show you why a little activity, encounter, experience, can totally transform your life. In 2009, a musician called Dave Carroll boarded United Airlines to fly from one city in the States to another. Now, as he sat looking out of the window, he saw the baggage folks throwing, passing the baggage on from one person to another. And they threw his $3,500 Taylor guitar. And the guitar fell down and the neck broke. And he was totally devastated. For nine continuous months, he engaged the airline, insisting on being compensated, which he felt was his right. The airline used some interesting clauses to explain why they should not compensate him. After nine months, he decided that since the airline would not mind him, he would go to what he knows best, which is music. And so he vowed to record three songs against the airline and said to himself, if in his lifetime one million people watched the songs online, he would have been rewarded for his struggles. The first song was entitled United Breaks Guitars. And when he put the video on YouTube, within a short space of time, 10 million people had viewed the video on YouTube. United Airlines shares fell by 10%, a value of $180 million. I'm sure for those of you who are mathematically inclined, when you juxtapose $180 million against $3,500, the comparison, the second fades into insignificance. Eventually, United capitulated. Now they listened, and whatever he wanted, they were willing to do. 
But guess what? He didn't need them anymore. Because he had made money as an author, as a speaker, as a recording artist, and he was in demand all over the world just to tell the story and get paid. And in every session that he tells the story, he gets paid far more than $3,500. But he said he had made a promise to record three songs. So he still would record <laughs> the second and third. When he released the second one, it was so serious that United tagged, and I'm sure Maximus will talk about it when he comes, they tagged the posting such that anyone who tied United Briggs guitars would also get an email from United explaining all that they've done since the first incident to try and correct the experience. Now, it just tells you the power of one person in a social media-driven era. What does that mean for you as a person? What does it mean for you as a business? What does it mean for you as an NGO or a church? Let it not get to the stage where somebody puts on YouTube your church breaks guitars or your church destroys organs or, your, or as a person you, you do one thing or another before we realize how much our world has changed from how we knew it many years ago. For the purposes of our discussion today, let's call a customer anyone who experiences or consumes your products or services and has a choice. I think the, the fact that they have a choice is what makes the difference. Because they have a choice and they come to you because they choose to use you. It also means that they can walk away if they feel that you don't serve them well enough. And so when the person has options and they choose you, then they are honoring you with that choice. So anyone who uses anything that you do and has other alternatives but sticks with you can be called your customer. Now, who determines customer satisfaction? Who tells when the customer is well said? Because sometimes you say, listen, I did this for you and I did that for you. The person says, I am not happy. The truth is, according to Peter Drucker, quality in service is not what you put in it, it is what the customer gets out of it. So if you put in five hours of effort and the jollof rice is bent, please don't explain the amount of effort that went into it and how you sweated all night. The final product that the consumer was supposed to interface with was not what was intended. So it is what the customer gets out of it and not what you put into it. That means that we must be interested in how people see us, how people feel about whatever service we give. I would like to say, especially for individuals seated here who are not yet in business, that you are crafting a brand for yourself systematically without realizing it. Social media has become a very pervasive and dominant force in our lives today. And the average person puts their latest meal that they consumed on social media. And so, instead of putting something that engages people about how intellectually aware, how socially active you are, you put a picture of Banku and tilapia. And see, what a way to start the day. 
whilst they get some laughter, it is unlikely to generate business leads or that kind of serious attention that you would desire as a thorough professional. And so, having said that, for every one of us here, the commitment must be to give VVIP service to everyone who interfaces with our business. For every airline, for every club, for every business, you have your top range clients who enjoy certain kinds of service. If you're flying upper class in Virgin, I expect that when you get to the airport, even the way you check in is different. They let you know that you are in a different class. And they say it particularly to those who are in the other class to see the difference between one and the other. Everything is different. The way you sit, the way you eat, the way you enter, the way you get down. And the reason is they want to tell you you are a VVIP. So they put you in a lounge and you sit there and wait until the, everybody else has boarded the plane and the pilot is ready. Then they come and take you into the plane. Now the suggestion is that for every one of us, every visitor to our premises, every consumer of our product, and every visitor to our online site or social media page, it's a VVIP customer who deserves an exceptional experience. The question is, is it possible? Is it possible that the person who tunes into your radio station, the person who comes to your shop, the person who visits your online site, can always have a great experience? The answer is yes. What would it take? A certain kind of awareness, and even more importantly, a certain kind of commitment. I have this slide called From Accra, Newtown to New York. From Newtown to New York is simply a suggestion that you already are global and somebody is observing you from way across the world, 10,000 kilometers across the world, 10,000 miles across the world, 20,000. Somebody is watching you without you knowing. Kafui mentioned that you have a unique phone number. You can get a call from Japan, Australia, Mexico. Anyone can reach you from anywhere in the world on your phone. And the good thing is that the phone today is mobile. So 24 hours a day, anyone from anywhere in the world can reach you. The second reason why you are already global is because anyone can locate your home from any part of the world. So you can literally, from your trip in the U.S., sit down and watch your house at Teshinungwa on Google Maps. You're just watching your house. Sometimes you can even see closely and see the car parked in front of the house. So if some naughty people say they are, they've gone out or they are at home and they've gone out, you can tell that the car is not there. <laughs> there is also what is called the social media broadcastification. And that speaks to the issue of open journalism. Some time ago, you say, if you don't behave yourself, this thing will come on Joy FM or will come on ETV. They don't need ETV anymore to broadcast it. The person right there and then, if something dramatic, interesting happened, in fact, as we speak right now, every single minute is being observed around the world. So you typically can sit in Springboard and people are sending you text from, from Norway, from from. China and they say, I'm watching you. I've seen you. Yes, right here in Ghana. 
Then there's the speed of change, the multiply effect. What all this is doing is that it's allowing a small change to have a significant impact. Small things now do significant things across the global stage. The next reason is because online education has become very strong. Online trade is the order of the day. In some places, supermarkets are closing on Oxford Street because everyone wants to buy online. And so, you are far more global than you think. You think. Today, for every major event, every major church service, every major festival you go to, people are watching it live on the internet. Where does that leave you? The five things I would like to share with you from a certain person who walks into your life every day. A very powerful person who has the the, the ability to transform your life, your business or your organization. And I suspect that you see that person every day but do not think that person is as significant as they truly are. Let's face it. If you got a call that Miss Gunn was coming to your office, paying a curtsy call, you will be excited to have her. You will receive her well. You will observe her crown. Kafi even observe the shoes. That's normal. Similarly, a game changer called Shiba walks into your business every day, walks into your onto your site every day, walks into your church every day, but you don't even realize. That that person has the power to make a difference in your life. Major people are sent your way with the power to do things for you that you are allowed to go away every day simply because you don't know how important they are. I'd like to share with you, if you may, with your kind permission, I know this will typically not be in a program like Springboard, but I'd like to read for you all right, my technology is giving me a few tricks. Okay, there you go. I'd like to read you from the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 9, verse 1, certain highlights of the story of Sheba and why it should be an interesting thing for you. And it says from verse 1, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. I think I can even leave it there. She heard of the fame of Solomon and came to prove him with hard questions. If I could line up our speakers here, I would say the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of MTN, heard of the fame of Newmont Ghana Gold, heard of the fame of Star Life Assurance. Every single one of us who runs any kind of business, somebody hears about you every day. So the first thing I'd like to submit is that Sheba will hear. Every day somebody hears about you. And the hearing represents awareness. Every customer experience is on five platforms. Springboard, your springboard experience sits on five pillars. Number one, you hear about springboard. Number two, you decide to attend. Number three, you experience the road show. Number four, you give your verdict. And then number five, you tell others. Every experience, whether it's with your hairdresser, your church, 
your political party, these days you don't talk about politics, or anything else you interface with, there are five areas of experience. Awareness, decision, experience, verdict, and testimony. And so, the first thing that will happen is that Sheba will hear. Somebody will hear about your business. Somebody will hear about you as an individual. Not every phone call is a social call. One of the most amazing things that can happen is somebody has heard about you from across the world and calls your organization asking about something that is supposed to be part of your business's offering. And somebody takes the phone in your company and says, we don't do that. Or talks to the person in a way that does not befit or merit. Or it's not acceptable. And the person goes away or you lose the business and then later you find out that that person who called was the person you've been tracking for a long time. You, you can sack the person who, who, who did it. You can be angry but you've lost an opportunity. So the critical thing I would like to say is that Shiba will hear about your business. Either online, on radio, on television, whatever. Somebody will hear about you from somewhere. But not only will she hear, she will connect to that hearing. And I like the picture of the globe formed out of the two hands connected. Because it speaks to the fact that Sheba will come. Now that coming is not always physical. Once I traveled to the UK and I met an author that I had done a book for three years before. The person sent the script to Ghana. We edited the script in Ghana, finalized it, designed, did a layout, printed, delivered, and I hadn't seen the author before. They paid online. It's done. And then I met the person face to face three years after he introduced himself to me. It was quite funny, quite interesting. But I was even lucky that I met him because several times you do business with somebody and you never get to see them. So Sheba will come. Somebody will come to your organization, either online or in person, who has the power to transform your organization. The third thing is probably my favorite of all. It says, Sheba will see. I think that this is where the difference is made. A person can hear that you are good. A person can come to your organization, but what the person sees or experiences is the game changer. If you get it wrong here, no matter what the person heard, you are out. And these are, this is where business is either made or lost. In fact, the Carol's experience was in the Shiba scene. So if he heard about the airline, fine. If he came, fine. But what he saw put him off. So what do people see when they come into your organization? What do people see when they come to you for service, when people hear about you and they come to experience what they've heard, because the person will come with an expectation based on what they heard. Oh, they said she was good. They said she was friendly. They said he was reasonable. But what did they experience? Every promise that you make in your advertisements, every promise that you make in your product offering, when people come, they expect exactly that. And that is why when a person says, when you tell a person, we'll deliver this pizza in, in 12 minutes, and you deliver it in 10 minutes, 
you are hailed as a star. But if you say you will deliver it in 8 minutes and you deliver it in 10 minutes, you get a letter from the client complaining. You say, but it is still 10 minutes. One promised 12 and delivered 10. The other promised 8 and delivered 10. In one case, you have exceeded expectation. In another case, you have disappointed the client. So what does Sheba see when they come? I want to submit to you that, interestingly, several times, the thing that Sheba sees and looks at is more than just the core business. In fact, let me show you from verse 3 and 4. From verse 3 and 4, it will show you that the things that Sheba looks at are more than just the core competence or the core business. Because verse 3 says, And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, their uniforms, his cupbearers, and their uniforms, and the process by which he went to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit left in her. No more spirit left in her. That speaks of somebody who is overwhelmed, impressed, surprised. Which other word? Flabbergasted. Make your own word up. Which one? Amazing. So, this is somebody who walks in based on what she has heard and sees something else. Is it greater? Is it less? Is it the same? When you look on this what I call Sheba's visual architecture, it shows you that everyone who interfaces with the organization will come there because of the wisdom or the core competence. But Sheba also looked at the food, the house, the seating, the service, the apparel, and the entryway. What are these? The house represents the physical infrastructure, the surroundings. Is your office painted? How is the decor? How is the layout? Is it user-friendly? Do people trip down the staircase? Is there signage to direct somebody? Or you enter somebody's office by mistake and they say, sorry, go to the one next door. Simple, simple things you take for granted. Is there a washroom? Is it delinked as male or female? Will you find yourself mistakenly entering the female washroom because of poor signage? All these by themselves can destroy the customer's experience even though you have a perfect main product so one is the house number two was the food food represents logistics and supplies whatever you think whatever you say if people go for a funeral and they don't get the funeral program they can be so upset they will not look at the face of the dead and he said, what will they do with the program? Listen, they expect that once they were counted among the mourners, they must get a program. And people can get so upset at something you think is so mundane. But it, the truth about it is that that one alone can make them leave the funeral. So little things that we think don't matter, matter to customers. So Sheba looked at the, the, the house that Solomon had built. And he looked at the food, the supplies. The third thing was the seating. Seating refers to protocol, order, arrangement. Every event, every service, every product, every supermarket must have a certain protocol or order by which things are done. Imagine if you come and say, sit down here. You say that somebody else says, oh, sorry, sorry, this is reserved for this. Move here. Oh, rather move here. I mean, you, you feel 
every, you would think everybody's looking at you and laughing at you. Maybe nobody's even noticing. But that one alone, you walk into church and you are standing there, nobody even tells you where to sit, you are looking about, and it's your first time. You say, Am I really wanted here? What's even worse is when you sit down and somebody says, Oh, no, no, no. You're not supposed to sit here. And you stand up when you are moving, it's as if the weight of the world is on your head. Maybe nobody's even watching, but you feel so embarrassed. The order, the protocol, the seating. The fourth thing Sheba watched was the service. How professional are they? No matter how loyal people are to you, they expect professionalism. The people who do their job must know what they are doing. They must know when the plane will land, when the plane will leave. They must know exactly. When you stand at the tube station in London and it tells you two minutes time the plane will, the, the train will come. Listen, exactly one minute, 30 seconds, you will hear and you will see the train just coming in. You say, wow, that's professionalism. We're going to speak at a conference in Germany. We got to the airport and our baggage didn't come. And we're not wearing clothes that we could use to speak. And we're speaking in two hours time. And it was quite tough because... <laughs> and we were trying to explain that, listen, we have a conference. The lady was very understanding. She said, listen, your, your baggage will not come today. It will come tomorrow. Now, that's painful, but that's the truth. Somebody else would have said, okay, you wait a little. Wait for an hour and let's see the next flight. Let's try the next flight too and keep you there for two hours. You miss your conference, you miss your baggage, and you find out that at the point where she was telling you, let's try the next hour, she knew that thing will not come that day. This lady was empathetic. She helped us fill the form and said, listen, tomorrow the baggage will be... Do you, are you here in Düsseldorf? We said, no, we are in another place called Moheim. She says, it will be delivered to your doorstep in Moheim at exactly nine o'clock. Trust me. Nine sharp with German efficiency. The luggage was at the door. The doorbell, the luggage. You didn't get it for the conference, but they have said to you that it was a genuine error and we are sorry. And you believe them. So now you, be, you even become an ambassador for them telling others about your bad experience which was turned around. Seven out of ten times when something goes wrong in dealing with a customer and you show yourself to be genuinely interested in resolving it in their favor, they stay with you and they tell others good things about you. The fifth thing Shiba looked at was the apparel. The apparel represents the, the outward appearance, the expression of your team. For many of us, with service becoming one of the key sectors in our economy, you realize that more and more you have to interface with people. And appearance matters. Our sales team, people who meet other people, must look sharp, as they say in Ghanaian, Ghanaian English. They must look sharp. They must present themselves well. It's not just the dressing sometimes, it's the marching. Don't wear a Mickey Mouse tie with green shirt, yellow shoe, white tie. <laughs> Some kinds of dressing are just intimidating. In fact, you can't concentrate on why you are there. So, appearance matters. Body odor matters. These are little, little things that can take away the business and you won't even believe it. Imagine you get an international guest, Michael. All the, your, your biggest customer, global customer is visiting Ghana and the driver driving them has a strong body odor. Listen, you could lose the contract as a result of subjecting your customer. <laughs> so every, and somebody was describing it and saying, you see, it is in centimeters. The word centimeters simply means that the cent is measured in meters. 
But the final thing that really blew Sheba's mind is the Bible says that when she watched the entryway, when she watched the house, the food, the seating, the apparel, the protocol, the service, and then she said, it's that when she observed the entryway by which she went in, the process, there was no more spirit. I just want to submit that sometimes the efficient management of things is all it takes to kill the customer. There was no more spirit. She says, listen, this is what we've been looking for. The process. Who hands over the baton to who? How is the value chain like? Who gets the call first? Who transfers to who? And who does what? The painful thing is that the strength of your team is impacted by the weakest link. So no matter how good your defense is, no matter how good your goalkeeper is, if there is somebody in the midfield creating a gap there, your opponents will exploit it, your competition will exploit it, and all the goals you concede will come from there. In the Bochum disaster, when Ghana lost 6-1 to Germany, by the 69th minute, Ghana was leading Germany 1-0. In 21 minutes, when the Germans found a, a loophole in the left back corner, they scored five goals from there. Within a few minutes, because in a very competitive marketplace, your weak link is your opponent's strong point. So the entryway left Sheba overwhelmed. Moving forward, what does that mean for you and I? When Sheba observed, she drew her conclusion. Sheba Keep it. Keep it there. Sheba will judge. Now, Sheba will judge simply means that after she has experienced the service, she will draw her own conclusion. She will draw her own conclusion. Now, the conclusion can go in three ways. Either what I heard, I saw exactly that. Or what I experienced fell below what I heard. But the one we all want is the one that Shiva said. She said, one half of your greatness was not told me. What I have seen far exceeds what I heard. I throw a challenge to you, my dear friends, and I say, aim at giving people an experience that will say, that will let them say, what I saw was far better than what I even heard. When you promise somebody to deliver them a service, let them say, oh, you underpromised by far. You didn't tell me it was this good. Rather than going to tell them huge stories, and then when you deliver and it, it doesn't match it, you explain that you see, um, today it was the weather, or it was this that caused it. Shiba will judge. In the picture, you will see a beggar and a ruler. Now, this was an advert from Subway that said, we sell you one-foot beggars. And this very meticulous customer bought the beggar, took out a tape measure, and measured 11 inches. And he said, where is the one inch? <laughs> Once more, instead of complaining, he left them and put it on social media. 131,000 people put pictures of their own experience. So now, wherever you go on social media, you see a picture of a beggar and a tape. Somebody says, mine is 11.5 inches. Somebody says, mine is even 10. What happens when people experience your service? 
Do they say beyond expectation? Do they say equal to expectation? Or do they say below expectation? The final thing that Shiva will do is Shiva will tell. Shiba will testify. When we went to business school, we were told that for every customer who likes your service, they will tell two to three people. But for every customer who does not like your service, they will tell 10 to 15 people. And for 20% of them, they will tell 20 people. The truth is, that statistic is now obsolete. The person does not need to tell anyone. They just need to upload it somewhere for the whole world to see. Sheba now has her own media house. Sometimes you have a customer you are dealing with and it's a bit difficult. And so you are tempted to cut and say, listen, let him or her take their business away. Somebody else will buy. The truth is, that one person could cost you a lot. So a friend of mine says, don't cut what you can untie. Untying sometimes is costly. Untying is painstaking. But when you cut, you realize that when you've made a mistake, you can't correct it anymore. So take the pain sometimes to untie naughty situations and it will be beneficial for you. So going forward, how do you court Shiva? When Shiva walks into your office tomorrow, what are some simple practical things that you can do? On your website, on your Facebook page, in your restaurant, in your business, what are the things that can make Shiba feel that she matters to you? The first one is customer-centric relationships. Now what that simply means is that position the customer in the center of what you do. Let what you do be driven by an awareness about who you are doing it for. We spend a lot of time researching into the people we expect to be at Springboard. We study databases, we read reports, we analyze scenarios, we observe trends. Why? Because we want to serve this scope, this bracket, this target audience very well. The second thing you want to do is as much as possible in dealing with people, mention their names. It's, it's a shocking thing to do. It makes, it makes a world of difference. When you mention people's names, it unlocks several doors. I hear a person's name is the nicest sound in their ears. So don't call them Mr. Customer. Of course, don't call them Kwe. <laughs> sir or Madam. You've met the person four times and you're still calling them Sir or Madam. Even when you see the name on their chest and you mention it, they still feel good. And sometimes they even ask you, how do you know my name? But the name is on your chest. <laughs> The third one, maintain the smile and the eye contact. Look people in the face when you are talking to them. It unlocks doors. It connects to people. Smile and look people in the face. When you add the three, smile, look in the face, call them by name, you are on your way. When you get there, remember me. The fourth thing that can help is to diligently attend to complaints. Statistically, for every one customer who complains, 26 others keep their problem to themselves. So if you get the benefit of hearing from those who dare to complain, don't take it for granted. The fifth one, be empathetic. Be empathetic. Even if you can't get the person the baggage for their speaking engagement, 
show that you understand. Don't pass them the form as if to say, this is complaint number 151. Just fill this form. We had that experience a time ago. We got there and our baggage was slit on the side and a particular airline said, fill this form. And I was like, what? She didn't even look at her direction. She just pushed the form like this. Now, that is customer number 152. But look the person in the face. Show that you understand what they are going through. The sixth point under courting Shiva is speed. We live in a fast-paced world. Many of the generic customer requirements that we look at hinge on speed. How fast can you deliver it? In fact, the difference between the person who sells 250,000 Ghana CDs and the person who sells 25,000 Ghana CDs is not necessarily because they are 10 times smarter. Sometimes they get there 5 minutes earlier. The person needs something and the person who gave them a fantastic proposal and brought it on time is the person who wins the deal. So you get there slightly later and they say, oh, Jacob just came. Everything is gone. You're asking, is there no other thing you can give me? They say it's finished. That's life. Those are the tough choices we confront every day. The final one is consistency. Let me end on the note of consistency and say that for every one of us who gets to serve people, the biggest test we must pass is the test of consistent delivery. When we were growing up in the city of Takrat, there was something called, there was a word called intoms. Intoms was used to depict a situation where something happens accidentally. You didn't plan for it. I mean, maybe you take a free kick and you score a goal. And the next time you get a free kick, you say, okay, you take it again. And you stand there and you have no idea how you even scored the first one. They call it intoms. But consistency means that every single time you rise up to do something, you must deliver consistently on your promise without fail. That is a mark of professionalism. Let me end with a story that explains why consistency is critical. And it explains that Shiva can come to you in disguise. And if you look at outward appearance, you can miss out on Shiva and all that she promises. It also suggests that you are not allowed to have a bad day. Sometimes people say, oh, I'm good, but today I just had a bad day. What happens when the bad day is the day on which your biggest door was opening? In one of our books, we write about a lady called Sandra working in a restaurant with her colleagues. Very committed, diligent waitress in a restaurant. One day, she's working with her colleagues and an old man walks into the restaurant. And all the guys look at the old man and assume that he's not the tipping type or he does not have money and therefore is not worth their attention. So they pretend to be very busy doing something and only one waiter is available to serve the old man. So Sandra walks over to the old man, smiles, and as usual, gives him her very best service. The old man takes his time to make the order and sometimes almost sounds irritating by his continuous questions. But you see, Shiba asks hard questions. Eventually, after Sandra has finished serving him, the old man stands up to go. And as he's going, Sandra sees a receipt the receipt on the man's table lying there, so she picks it, and inside the receipt is 
hundred dollars. Her first shock. Can this old man own five hundred dollars? Because he didn't even look like somebody who could pay his bill in the restaurant. Now, she picks the money intending to run after the client and say, you mistakenly left your money. The moment she picks the money and picks the bill, she sees a note on the back of the receipt with her name on it. The note said, and I read, Dear Sandra, your manager told me you were good. But I came to check you out for myself. And from what I've seen, you are even better than your manager described. Would you kindly agree to be the manager of the big new mall, big new branch we are opening in the mall? Tell somebody, wow. For somebody who had served, for somebody who had worked, on the day her biggest door opened, she was still serving. Even though the client didn't look like somebody who had promised. May it not be that you work so hard and on the day your biggest opportunity comes, you think you're having a bad day and therefore fail the test. I don't believe in bad days. I believe that somebody in this meeting is being set up to be a global figure. I am convinced that somebody in this meeting is being set up to impact this generation with a product, a service, an opportunity, a concept, an idea. And that idea, you cannot run with it alone. You will need somebody, a collaborator, a partner. When that partner comes, please give them your very best. Don't show them that other party that comes only on Fridays. And then start smiling afterwards only because you have found out they are who they are. When we serve people, when we appreciate people, when we give our very best always, the doors of opportunity will open for us. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching for light, the light has come.